Today in TFC Stock Geek Out, we are going to look again at a company which I think a lot of people personally love using, but the PRC government hates and has led to lots of backholders back from buying the dip. Yes, it's Alibaba. This became a deep, deep dive as there is just so much to cover. We didn't really manage to get through it all, but we, do, but we did manage to go through the general situation in China now, Baba's main business units, and the potential drivers going ahead. Joining me today is Chi King. He's primarily on YouTube, so go find him there, and he is a self-proclaimed Alibaba evangelist. That sounds slightly wrong, but rest assured, he has looked long and hard at the company and built his conviction the old-fashioned way. You'll hear us disagree on quite a bit about Alibaba, to be honest, but hopefully that does broaden the available perspectives and helps you understand the company better. For reference, this episode was recorded on 12th March 2022. Our discussion today is solely for entertainment and education purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out! Hi, Coconuts. Welcome to another episode of Stock Geek Out. Today, we are going to talk about a company that everybody knows, right? Especially in Singapore, Alibaba. And to walk us through this, we have Chi King. Hi, Chi King. Hi, Anthony. Why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and, and where we can find you? Sure. Uh, my name is Chi King. My YouTube handle, I think you can just type in my name, C-H-I-K-E-N-G. You should be able to locate me. And then... Um, all, all things covered, I think mostly most of my content really revolves around just one company. And personally, on an on a, on a allocation level, on my portfolio, a huge part or a huge chunk is in Alibaba. And the ah. more I look into the company, the more, I, the more I like it. Was there something that attracted you to this company right from the very beginning? Or, or is it just something that, oh yeah, the price dropped, it looked very interesting. Like, like when did you start getting into this? Right. Um, I think maybe just to share a little bit more about myself. Um, I think when I first started out my investment journey, it was back in army times. So when, when I was doing back in army, I didn't really dive deep into what I'm um, talking about financial statements, understanding mm. balance sheet, etc. So it was mostly, I, I was just buying the Singapore blue chip stocks, your DBS, your SEMCOP industry, your Capital Corp, your OCBC. And, and over the years, um, because I didn't really care about my portfolio's development, and it's quite surprising that after three years or four years of not touching your, your portfolio, you see that, hey, everything is green. So, so after the COVID crash and then everything recovered, um, I, I then looked towards, hey, I'm so young. Why am I tying myself up with all these dividend stocks and, and yep. all these um, banks and, and Singapore household brands, right? That's when I started venturing into uh, uh, more volatile markets. And that's okay. how I chanced upon some of this Chinese tech that was essentially slaughtered in, in, in the last, last one year or so. All right. right, so so Baba, right? Okay, it's right. It, it's an e-com company started by Jack Ma, who's like largely disappeared, listed in New York, <laughs> Hong Kong. Actually, right. on, on New York and Hong Kong listing, is there a difference? Both are under the VIE structure. Yep. So you're not abstained from VIE if you're to buy from the Hong Kong share. But I guess the, 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 the blessing in disguise is um, you wouldn't be faced with delisting risk if you were to buy from Hong Kong. Because in, in, in the US, um, currently they have this holding foreign accountable act, or I forgot what's yeah. the long form. But it was introduced by Donald Trump or President Trump in this case, and uh, it's really about the accounting issues, about about how how things are being done in a more prim and proper manner, if I can put it. I fundamentally believe that um, there really isn't much differences across both exchanges, because ultimately, if a delisting event were to really happen, um, the Hong Kong shares are going to crash e easily as well, because I, I believe a lot of the hedge fund exposures are in the ADRs. 
So sometimes uh, maybe they cannot hold um, the Hong Kong counterpart. They have to sell out. Um, the pressure is going to affect um, both exchanges. To me, Baba, the first thing I think of is Taobao and Ecom, right? right. And, and of course, right. there's also other things, right? Why, why don't you bring us through a bit? What, what's their e-commerce business like? How, how's it performing? Things like that. Just nice. I think based on the, the, the date of this recording, we also recently just ended their recent quarter, which yep. was back in 2021. And then um, I think at least from the Singapore's perspective, I think most of us are quite familiar with Taobao and also Lazada. So both mm. of these arms are, are owned by Alibaba Group. And Taobao is more focused in the China aspect of things, while Lazada is the, the, the Southeast Asia representation, if I may yep. put it. So if, if we really focus and, and look at the numbers, right, um, the core commerce section, um, if you look at China, it makes up a huge bulk of the entire mm -hmm. profits of the business, um, how they drive revenue, etc. So okay. in, in the commerce business, if you have to split it up, they have two main uh, uh, heads of, or two main limbs of the business. One is called Taobao and one is called Timo. So mm -hmm. if you look at um, something that we are more familiar with, which is Taobao, Taobao is essentially like a C2C platform. Of course, yep. not barring the fact that there are uh, manufacturers on, on, the, on those platforms as well. But um, if you have to look at the underlying business model or the DNA of that platform, um, they actually don't, don't charge you a specific commission or they don't charge you um, by the GMV. So okay. what they do is they focus a lot more in terms of marketing, advertising. Yep. So if I were to reflect back into the Singapore's um, context, you can think of it more of like a carousel where if you, 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 you say that, hey, today Anthony, I want to buy a spectacle from you and you post it online on, on Carousel. Mm -hmm. um, Carousel don't, don't take the money um, in between. So let's say you sell it to me for 100. They don't take 1% or 2% from this transaction. So the, um, if you go out, you, you meet up the person and you, you make that yep. transaction. But um, on, on this case, um, what you can do as a, as a seller in this case is really to maybe employ some of their marketing services or their SEO okay. services and how you can rank um, your different products. So that's the first part about Taobao. Okay. On the second part, which is Timo, I think the focus here is really um, the authenticity and, and the legitimate um, how legitimate those products are. Yep. So a lot of your, your household brands you see on Timo, you have like Nike or you have um, um, some of your more branded goods. Those mm. people um, tend, to, tend to go on to Timo more. So this time around, um, they take an annual fee from, from the uh, merchants itself. They kind of generate the revenue from a percentage of the GMV that they do help transact. Yep. It seems as if there, there's a bit of a slowdown in growth or, or the, the right. growth itself isn't fantastic in China, right? And I think that's, that's more than fair. That's absolutely fair. I think um, based on the recent earnings call as well, um, it does show significant slowdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe just to provide some context or some, some data points that I, I yep. extracted out. Um, I think, at least for now, uh, the e-commerce CAGR, which is the compounded annual growth rate from 2021 to 2025, is actually expected to be around 11-odd 11, 11 percent, 11-12 percent. And in the recent quarter, right, um, Alibaba's China core commerce section only grew, grew by 7%. And, and okay. it was one of the lowest, I think, in the entire history of the company. Alibaba's management team actually do, do cite it or do attribute it to two main reasons. Mm -hmm. um, number one is the slowing macro conditions. The core issue here is we have to corroborate it with the rest of the competitors, right? Mm. It, cannot, it, it doesn't make sense if um, Alibaba is the only one slowing down, but yes. JD and Pintoto is still growing. Yeah. So um, for that, for that note, um, I think we can leave it aside first because JD and Pintoto will be reporting their earnings soon. I think the more important factor or the more important discussion is um, they actually do cite increased competition as well. Yep. And increased competition doesn't come only from JD or Pintoto because that's the usual culprit that we know, right? Mm. Um, I think more importantly, there are also uh, increase in live streaming platforms. So like your Kuai Show, your Bike Dance, your Huya, your Douyu. So, so that's why um, it feels like Alibaba is currently feeling the heat and, and they are engaging in some sort of um, 
quote unquote price war to try to defend and try to expand the economic mode, if, if I may put it. So now if you look at China commerce, um, is 7% a good number? Is it a bad number? I think we have to look at the context. So, so what, what are the, the, the competitors doing and, and what is your growth in comparison to them? So one issue also is, at least in 2020, um, because of the pandemic, um, it actually pulled forward a lot of growth. Yeah. So if you to look at the 2021 uh, GMV number compared to the 2020 GMV number, so GMV um, represents gross merchandise value. Um, if you were to just compare the, 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 the biggest event in China, which mm-hmm. is the Singles Day, which is 11-11, right? Yeah. Um, the growth from 2020 um, to 2021 was lackluster for Alibaba at least. It was okay. uh, only uh, probably a 10, 10 odd percent growth. But from 2019 to 2020, I think they essentially um, grew more than, more than 60 odd percent. Um, whether they can still maintain at least a 20 odd or 30 percent, which is probably still respectable. Mm. But if they start slowing down to maybe uh, even single digits, high single digits, I think that's something that um, investors will get a little bit jittery about. Is, is Baba still a leader here? Or, or are these new forms of shopping that you know, could come in and potentially cannibalize? Um, they are their traditional mode of like Tmall and Taobao. So for live streaming specifically, we have um, Taobao Live, which is um, their way or their version of um, different social shopping yep. in this case. And on the other hand, about the C2M business model, which is like group shopping, um, consumers to manufacturers business model, it was really led by Pintoto. And mm. I have to give credit where it's due. I think it's something that um, they didn't really think about, didn't look into. And, and there was definitely this, this gap in terms of um, fulfilling what the consumers need, especially in the lower tier cities when people are much more um, price sensitive in nature and they might not have the capacity or the bandwidth to really um, um, go onto the normal platforms and they want to be able to reap this kind of value to straight away buy from the manufacturers. Mm. So, so in this case, I think the C2M business model plus gro- groceries that you rightfully pointed out, I think um, Alibaba has been spending a, quite a lot of money. Taobao, this is at 280 million active, annual con- uh, active consumers and Taotai Tai also has a 50 plus percent penetration rate. So, okay. so in this in this essence, in, in this line train of thought, right? It seems like um, Alibaba is definitely in the, the position um, to exploit a lot of their free cash flow, their profit. Yep. But I think um, one thing to note, especially as a as an investor, right? Um, one concern is. If you were to really look into all this kind of different um, um, proposition, even though they like to call it like a hybrid value proposition, right? Hey, um, no matter what kind of customers come to my platform, I have something to offer. But um, if you were to really think about it, C2M business model, grocery shopping or fresh produce, um, live streaming, all these are extremely thin margin businesses. Yep. So there are a lot of, a lot of issues with, in terms of like logistical um, prowess. Um, C2M means that you have razor-thin margins rather than the, I'm just a platform. You can do whatever you want on my platform. I'm just going to take a percentage. Yes. So, so, so that's a, a much more um, sustainable or at least a much more high margin business. But um, by venturing into all this, you can see that at least the margins of Alibaba has been um, on the decline. And, mm-hmm. and it's declining at, at quite a rapid pace. And I, I honestly, um, if I were to look at it from this perspective, I understand that, hey, um, maybe the lifetime value of a customer might be high. So if you were to buy groceries from me, maybe you want to start buying electronics from me as well. Or you want to, you want to um, venture into some of my um, consumer businesses, like you want to use Alama, for example. So um, this, in, in a way, it's a mode digging exercise, if I can put, that, put it that way. I want to expand my value proposition and to get more people on board. But then um, um, based on the current trajectory on, on um, the, the, this kind of acquisitions on Tao Tai Tai, on Taobao deals, these are considered more lower um, value customers. Because 
to, to me, okay, live streaming is slightly different, right? But it, it, we go right. about like, you know, comedy group buying and all that. They, they are really a lot for the third and fourth tier CDs. You know, there's logistics issues. It's a bit like ride sharing, right? You, you don't know whether the economic model will work. I, I can share a little bit more about this, this portion here. Mm. Um, I, do, I do agree to a large extent because this is one of the main like bad theses on, on the internet and on, on wherever all the forums saying that, oh, Alibaba does not have a mode. Um, they're they being essentially being um, led by all their competitors. What their competitors are doing, they're just trying to go in, try their best to take market share from them. But um, I'm not too sure whether you heard of this rule called the Pareto Principle or yep. something, the 80-20 rule. 80% of the results is being achieved by 20% of the effort. So, so that's generally what it means. So in order to be marginally better after 80%, um, you have to put in extreme and incredible amount of effort to get that additional. So in this case, it, it feels like rather than a moat digging exercise, on top of that, I think Alibaba is really just trying to uh, put in as little effort as possible to try to capture as much as possible. And they are, they're really not intending to try to be the best um, C2M model out there. Um, I think for people that are, that are involved in like fresh produce, you know, the, not only the margins are thin, um, you are exposed to a, 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 a huge ton of risk in terms of what if things go bad and, yeah, and all your supply, your supply chain, chain risk is terrible. Right. So, so, so in that, in that manner, I think the, the, the focus here really is just to show that, oh, um, to tell the competitors that um, Alibaba has a presence, but we're not intentionally trying to grab everything that you have. And, and um, in order for you to marginally improve, um, you have to put in a huge amount of effort. But uh, uh, from my own discussion and from my own um, understanding of what they're trying to do now, they're just expanding. And once they feel like um, um, there, there are no incentive for me to continue on, they will stop it and, and just continue on with the rest of trying to broaden the entire value proposition model of, of the business as well. So, so that's just my based understanding. Anything else we, we need to cover? Or you think that that's about it? Just a very simple, quick conclusion. Um, the citations of, of the business management team, um, the two main concerns, macro plus competition, mm -hmm. and also the margins are, are shrinking a little bit, at least probably in the next coming quarters as well, because mm -hmm. of this trying to penetrate into some of the, the, the more uh, uh, lesser margin, like streaming, C2M, groceries, etc. But I don't yeah. think this is a long-term problem, uh, personally. Yeah. So you, you can have your own opinion, of course. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. current investments. Lah. Okay. Um, then right. I think just now for e-com, you mentioned that they split out international as well. Yeah, they have one more in Turkey. I think it's called Trendy All. Trendy O. Trendy OL. I'm not, not really sure how. I'm it's okay. If it's in Turkish, none of us will pronounce it correctly. So, so yeah. let's just say they have something right. in Turkey. <laughs> right. So, but I think still the bulk of it still, still revolves around um, Lazada. I think mm -hmm. uh, as, as a Singaporean or whoever that is in this region, um, the Lazada and, 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 and Shopee war, I, I, if I may put it, um, it's incredible. <laughs> I think um, Lazada actually had a head start. They, they were leading the entire region at first, but yep. it seems like there was very little emphasis here. And Alibaba Group, um, as a company, wasn't really bothered about Southeast Asia. They were like, okay, you guys do your own thing. And then uh, Shopee came in. Um, they took everyone by a storm and with all your, your, your Shopee PP ads. And, and oh, that's terrible. I think you <laughs> thanks, thanks for the earworm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, um, but I do have to give, give credit to, to, to the Shopee's management team or the, the, the management execution-wise. Um, they, they managed to grow year on year. I think it's still at 100%. I, I don't really know how they're doing it. But of course, um, there is this, this, this smaller base effect if you to compare to Alibaba's main business. But, but it's still, if you were to look at international commerce specifically, I think um, growth was, was quite 
quite, um, I would say respectable. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like spectacular. But I think uh, Lazada did around 51% and um, Trendy all did around 49% give or take. Okay. So that, that was still respectable amount. But then again, if you bring in competitors, I think Shopee did 80 to 100%. So, so that was, that was that, that why, why investors think that C-Limited might be uh, a much more of a growth story in, yeah. in that case. Complacency aside, I'm putting in a market position aside. Uh, at least for now, uh, my own understanding is um, they recently actually made an announcement uh, publicly that they have an ambitious goal of around 100 billion um, GMV goal for Lazada. Mm-hmm. And currently, I think it's sitting at around 20 odd billion. So that's a four to five X from here. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they essentially By when? Um, um, put, um, they didn't put a timeline on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, if I'm not wrong, they didn't put a timeline on that. Yep. Yeah. That was basically um, their own quote unquote commitment, if I yeah. can put it that way. But uh, there, there was no timeline, so maybe there's no sense of urgency or whatever. But um, back to that network effect and back to the, the, the understanding of um, uh, comparing apps. I just want to ask you personally though, Anthony, do you, do you solely just use Shopee and you close the app or do you do comparisons as well? Actually, I delegate to my wife and she does it for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, but, so does she collect do- coins daily or something? No, no, she doesn't. But I, I think to be honest, we right. like, I, I don't even have the Lazada app and I get very irritated whenever I search for something and I want to buy something right. and, it, and it gives me a Lazada link. I'm forced to download the app. Or at least for my wife, she, she does go to Shopee first. You know, I, I think it, it's again, a bit of a Pareto principle, right? If they are cheaper right. most of the time and if we, even if they are more expensive, it's by one or two bucks. Why bother? I, I don't want to waste my time, you know, figuring out everything. And, and I think we may have had quite like some bad experience with like shipping with Lazada and like packages right. and all that. So it's like, ah, let, if, even if the price is a bit more expensive, so be it. I don't, I don't care. Right? I, I want convenience. Right. This is why e-commerce, right? I want convenience. I, right. I want, you know, the, the, the certainty of receiving it. I, I don't want to, you know, have to go and call customer service, go and dispute it, yeah, that, no, mm. right? So, so I think, you know, personal experience is that Shopee has probably served us better, but, but that's right. an anecdote, right? And, and it's not really data. So, so we yeah. will see, we'll see, I think. I mean, maybe for, for me, um, when, when I personally use both apps, so yep. uh, even though me being a, a shareholder of, of Alibaba, I do, I do look into Shopee and, and usually look into what the price differences, etc. Mm. And when I consult my mom, when, when she's also a, she's, she's also an avid user of both, um, it seems like they, they are trending towards um, trying to make you a very um, um, localized customer. You're so yeah. reliant on the app that you want to do everything on there. But um, I also had the fair share of understanding from people that, hey, um, some of them are quite price sensitive. And if you are buying big ticket items or you're, you're doing bulk buying or, or you want to go, I don't know, do a, a year's worth of buying or something, they, <laughs> people might be a little bit more, more concerned with the, the differences yep. in price. And sometimes um, it doesn't mean that Shopee offers um, the, the best in town or the best price in town. But, but that's, that's also purely anecdotal. So in this case, it, I, I, I do look forward to how they're intending to grab back market share, in, at least in the, in the Southeast Asia front. And, and all the different um, developments. Uh, I think C-Limited is also kind of experiencing some sort of problems in India, trying to penetrate yeah. to the India market as well. So, so I, I, we, a lot of all this uh, really depends on what your outlook of the company is, how, how you intend to look into how their projections are and what their growth rates in, in, in this season. But 
uh, based on the number, like the percentages, um, 50%, 80%, 100%, it's, it's quite incredible. I don't know where all these people are popping out from, but, but the company <laughs> Yeah, you, you would think that after two years it. of COVID, everybody who has the Shopee app has a Shopee right. app, right? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's increasing Apple. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the right. C financials here. So. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. We, we shall see. I think, you know, to, to me, my, my concern about the, the international side of Baba was essentially they, they had thrown away a lead, right? And, and it's new management now, I think. They, they appointed somebody new last year, late last year, if I'm not wrong. So, so yeah, may, maybe things have changed and then they are, they are turning the ship around. But I think that's, that, that's a concern, right? It's essentially a, a management team that needs to figure out what has gone wrong and, and how to fix it quite quickly, which is right. always something slightly difficult to do when you are already right. not a market leader. Okay. Um, anything else for international e-commerce? I think I think for international commerce, uh, we we forgot one point. I think was was quite. Uh, we forgot about the drop shipping bunch, the ah. Alibaba.com. You know when you go, when you attend yes. to all drop shipping courses, um, they always teach you go into Alibaba and then you, you try to find a niche product and then you try to resell it on Amazon or something. So I think on that part, um, they're still growing quite healthily, mm-hmm. healthily. So, so, so in that case, I think nobody is able to replace that, 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 the, the function of Alibaba.com in, yep. in, the, in the worldwide arena. All the dropshippers drop or people that, that want to source for cheaper goods from China um, still rely on them um, um, heavily. So in that case, I think they are quite entrenched and, and the network effect is incredible there. So that, there's nothing to dispute there. So I think now um, Lazada and, and Trendy All is really more of a, a localized and, and, and let's see how the management is able to, to, to turn them around. Mm. Okay, yeah. fair, fair. Business segments, what else? Cloud, yes, right. What, what is the cloud market like in China? Um, how, how's Baba doing there? Ali I, think, um, Ali I think for, 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 for Ali Cloud itself, uh, they, they happen to be the market leader again. I don't know okay. why. Maybe it's an it's a execution first, thing. First mover, they, I think. They, initially, they were, they were quite strong. They came in quite strong. I think 50-odd percent. I think now mm. they actually plateaued down to around 30 35, 38, around 40, that range. Okay. Uh, the, the next closest competitor is probably Huawei. I think it's sub 20% as well, around 18 to 19%. And then you have Tencent, which is also around 18 to 19%. Yeah. Um, they actually did predict that from 2020 to 2025, um, the cloud market outlook is supposedly going to 5x. Yep. So it's going to reach around um, 1 trillion renminbi in 2025. So that's yeah. the expected um, 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 TM, if I, can, if I yeah. can put it, total addressable market in, in China. And, um, uh, but the numbers don't really, it's, it's not really as encouraging as how, how they put it. A 5x in five years would probably mean that you need to grow on the KGO of probably 70, 80%, yep. uh, which is quite similar to, to, to the US counterparts. But then when you look at the numbers that they're posing, um, initially they were growing at around a 40, 30, 40% clip, mm-hmm. which is quite promising at first because maybe we thought that they might have to pick on into some economies of scale before they can start scaling up. Mm. But I think in the re- recent earnings, they only grew around 20% year on year. So 20% year-on-year, it was, it was uh, heavily affected by, by, by TikTok. I think TikTok, the ByteDance thing because of yep. um, China and US. So if you were to include um, TikTok back, I think it would probably have grown around 29%, 28-29% year-on-year. But um, this time around, they did 20% and we have to face the numbers because numbers don't lie. So, so in this case, um, it, it feels like, hey, um, is the cloud growth story gone? 
or, or is there is there any any issues in terms of how 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 the growth rate is is posing at least in the near term? Because we always look long term, right, as investors. Mm. But I think um, the the issue and the the complaints are always the same. It, it feels like um it's it's a general market thing that um yep. China is slowing down. Enterprises might be a little bit slow in terms of take up rate, etc. But um there there seems to be a little bit more potential at least in the eastern region because they also recently just um, um enacted or, or or built two two cloud um, operating centers or whatever in Korea and in Thailand. So, okay. so that was, the, that was the, the positive thing that came out from the earnings call, that they're intending to expand out into the Southeast Asia region rather than just solely focusing on capitalizing on China. There, there is a value proposition of AliCloud because comparatively speaking, probably people might be more comfortable working with China. Maybe they offer a cheaper service. Um, maybe they, they don't require AWS or Azure or, or Google Cloud, for example. And uh, fun fact, I think Malaysia's government is using AliCloud now okay. uh, to help them onboard a lot of their public cloud. I think it's true, at least for, for, for international branching out um, in terms of getting enterprises or governments on board. Um, it might be a little bit more challenging, especially when it's so politically driven. But um, at least I think um, locally, uh, at least from, from my own um, discussions, or I've been following some Twitter accounts that are also quite... Um, they, they, all those people or respondents or correspondents are all in China. It seems like there is an acceleration in terms of pickup rates. But it just happened to slow down at least in the last two quarters mm. because of some of the more um, trickier issues that are happening locally in, yep. in, in China. You have your, your energy shortage, or your quote-unquote crisis, you have your Lehman Brother movement, etc. Et those, those, were, those were quite uh, uh, tricky on the ground, which also caused quite a little bit in terms of stalling, in terms of those transitions. And more importantly, the crackdowns as well. So uh, there, there, were, there were pressures and... Uh, I, I would believe that a lot of the management team in China are quite um, um, fighting fire in that sense. They they wouldn't they they are not in the hate space or in the bandwidth of trying to think yeah. about um, business development. So the, there's this whole crackdown, you know, anti-competitive conduct, bad behavior. Yeah. So let's start with anti-competitive conduct, right? Because that that can right. limit acquisitions, right? What what's going on there? But I think, I think um, for, for those of you who have been following, right, I think it's, it's, it's proven that Alibaba was being anti-competitive in some of their business practices. So in this case, I think um, as shareholders, right, or as, as if you want to look at yourself as business owners, I think I, I do focus a lot more in terms of sustainability, in terms of growth, sustainability in terms of how you provide value. Rather than this kind of short-term spikes, um, I, can, I can force everybody on my platform and then I can grow like 20, 40, 50%, but um, it might not be sustainable in the, in the event where suddenly the government takes it away and, and boom. There, there goes um, all your so-called um, quote-unquote competitive advantage. Yep. But uh, those are not really advantage because you're just exploiting your position. The government has, or, or at least not the government, at least from the private enterprises point of view, um, there is a need for companies to continue prospering. There is a need for um, um, all these shareholders to continue. But there has to be a certain degree of rule of law. There has to be a certain degree of, 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 of managing all this entrepreneurship, um, ventures, um, developments um, um, in, in China by and large. So, so that's at least um, some of the, uh, uh, if I can quote it, mitigating factors in, in, in the grander scheme of things. I think it's more of, um, are you providing that 
equivalent value when you are profiteering from all this, all, all this so-called quote-unquote excessive profits. So what if you run root and what if um, all this excessive profiting is not sustainable? So one good, one good example is, you know, N Group, right? Um, when they're issuing out loans and doing out all these credits and stuff like that, right? The skin in the game was 3%. It's basically the bank's responsibility and the bank's risk. And I, as a platform, I'm just going to help you facilitate the growth. And based on what? Based on my so-called superior algorithm. Just trust me because there's no official central credit rating system in, in China because um, they're not as matured as all the other different financial companies out there in the mature economies. It's sky high valuation because of the insane amount of growth rates and stuff like that. But the problem is then, if you look at it, if you're creating fundamental risk to the economy, I I'm definitely going to cram down. Don't have to talk about China. I think in Singapore, we are even more stringent and even more prudent in terms of our financial system. There's this whole you know, great power conflict, right? US-China. I don't know yep. if, if that's seen as a, a macro tailwind, headwind, do, do, or does it even matter actually? Uh, I think actually it does, and it matters a lot to my entire uh, thesis, at least mm -hmm. for people that are interested in buying Chinese companies. Okay. Recently, I'm reading a book, I think from Ray Dalio. He's talking about the changing world order. Yep. I think he also re released a, a video, a YouTube video on his channel. Um, fun fact, he has a YouTube channel. But yeah, I, I think um, he managed to concise um, uh, essence of his book in, in a 30-minute 30 30 minute, um, YouTube video. Uh, I, I feel like at least in, in the coming... I don't know. Uh, I, I can't put a timeline here because yeah. I, I really don't know when this conflict is going to end. It's probably not going to end. It's going gonna, it's gonna to increase the amount of friction, the amount of tension, and, and it, it seems like we are just at the start of the curve. Because whenever an empire rises and, and another one is slowly deteriorating, mm. um, the, the one that is on the throne will try at their level best to try to maintain their position, while, while at the, the, the one that's catching up will will do whatever they can to catch up as well. But I think largely speaking, um, um, if you buy into Baba or Tencent or all your big tech companies or, or some of your Chinese companies, right, um, you are essentially betting that, that, that something is going to happen, maybe in your lifetime or, or in, in, in soon, soon time to come. And, and that's going to have a re-rating and, and that's, there's going to be a lot of friction and pain in the short term. And, and, and that is something that um, you should be cognizant enough to, 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 to study a little bit more about some of the different tensions. Seems like more and more countries are going to be more protectionist in, in nature. And, and that's, that's going to be a very big headwind for a lot of the companies, not only Chinese companies, by the way. If the world is going to right. stay into like, you know, two spheres, you, you actually have reduced competition, right? Because AWS right. is not going to go into China. Nobody's going to come and try to compete for your cloud space except for your existing China tech companies. Uh, some numbers. La. Total enterprise value to last 12 month revenue. Uh, 2015 was at 13.6 times. Currently, it's trading at 2.45 times. In 2015, um, the, the, the market cap to free cash flow was at 28 times. But in 2022, it's at 14.11 times. So you can see that there is significant amount of valuation haircut yeah. in terms of multiple contraction, etc. The funny thing is, in 2015, I think VIE was still a thing. Yep. CCP was still running the country. Um, Chairman C was also the, 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 the commander-in-chief. And, and, and of course, you can say that maybe the US counterparts, um, the president was different, uh, maybe the conflict was not as, as pronounced then compared to now. And, and there's a lot of this kind of narrative building um, in the recent, recent years and recent quarters. So I'm just saying that uh, if, if you're to look at it um, in, in this perspective, seems like um, um, they are currently operating in cycles, right? Um, yeah. there, there, there is a moment where um, um, multiples can be sky high, and then we can come to a moment where we are in the troll, where, where the multiples starts contracting. 
So uh, uh, take, take this information for what it's worth. Um, how you're going to interpret the information, it's up to you to decide as well. Do you think that it's going to be a short-term thing, whether the multiple will start um, expanding again, whether funds will start uh, moving money into Renminbi or because of, of, of changing world order? In order for it to really be thesis changing, right? Um, there has to be a problem that, that, that comes up from the bottom up in terms of the government um, actions and how they view some of the, these businesses and how hard in terms of policy changes and, and some of the, 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 the instruments that they use to conduct some of these changes. So, so that's one part of the thing. On the second part, more on the business side, um, I think we really cannot complain much about <laughs> the valuation, um, how the business is growing. Like I said, even at a 5% growth, it's, it's still ridiculous in terms of the profits and, and free cash flow that they're producing. So, so, so on, on that front, I'm not really as concerned, to be very frank, mm -hmm. um, at least on this current valuation in terms of how the business is conducting. But it's true that um, 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 like, like Facebook having the metaverse moment, um, um, Ali, Alibaba right now seems like it's having the Ali cloud and the, the, the international commerce moment. They, they're trying to seek for new opportunities elsewhere and try to find the next curve, right? So, yeah. so it, really, it, it still relies really on the execution of the business or, or the management team to find the next curve and make sure that the next curve actually comes into fruition, rather than just keep smoking investors with, oh, uh, macro slowdown, oh. Uh, for, for those kind of developments, right, you only, can, you only can look through quarter on quarter, year on year, what the growth. And in order for a company to really be, be, be bad fundamentally or to shift um, in terms of tectonic shifts, I'm not saying in small shifts, right? Tectonic shifts in terms of fundamentals, right? It takes time. Even Nokia didn't die overnight. Nokia, Nokia took, took some time to die. Kodak took some time to die. And, and some of these different, like Yahoo also took some time to die, to, to, get, to be disrupted by all the competitors. So at least on the business front, it takes some time. But at least on the policy and the government start front, right, it, it, take, it actually takes very, very little time. But, but then, um, then some people will say, what happens if it's going to be the next TEL? So there was this interesting discussion as well about Meituan, right? They, they start locking platform delivery um, fees yep. that they can collect. And they, they cite COVID or they cite um, a macro slowdown because people are... Uh, 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 um, how do I put it? They're experiencing some challenging times, right? So people might be unemployed and, and, and there might be some problems in terms of um, um, employment, um, um, salary might be affected, etc. Et so they start keeping a cap. And Erlema was also affected. But to be very honest, um, I'm not really concerned because Erlema is just a, it's kind of like Smart. a Play-Doh for Alibaba. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just to increase and, and it's really to, to kind of do charity to the people and, avoid, and to produce more value proposition. But in that case, Meituan was heavily affected. The, the, the margins were, were hit, um, 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 the numbers were, were bad and after that announcement, I think they actually dropped like 10-15% in terms of share price and shareholders were the ones um, caught in between um, um, this new regulation. So, so in, in this essence, right, on, on that same train of thought, one day, if let's say CCP says, oh, okay, uh, public cloud infrastructure, uh, I don't know, software as a service, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, you only can, I only can cap you. And, and they have to come up with, with a certain explanation, right? So unless they say that, oh, enterprises are, are having a hard time because of macroeconomic slowdown. And, and that, that will be something that's concerning to me, to, to be very honest. Because um, right now, um, at least on the cloud aspect, they are enterprise softwares, right? So they, they, they focus more on the merchant side and on... on, on on the business sites. So, so right now, if you were to look, there is certain nuances, at least because one is targeting companies, one is targeting consumers. And on the consumer front, it's really very hard for them to think of another way um, other than uh, give out CDC vouchers or some GSD vouchers that Singapore <laughs> does. But, but other than that, I think, I think there is a huge uh, a problem in terms of trying to elevate such, such, such problems in, in China, at least on the macro level. 
So, so that was um, the, the quickest, the most efficient way of doing things. Maybe we have slightly different views on whether the worst could happen. I, I, I probably agree with you that it's unlikely, but you know, if the worst happens, there's going to be much, much more downside um, right. from now. So let's not put all our eggs in one basket because the world is inherently right. uncertain. Right? Whereas you, you have probably come to a different probability of the, the worst case scenario happening and right. going, oh yeah, then actually, you know what? That, that's fine, right? Um, it probably won't happen, so I will probably make money. I think also maybe just last point to add, right? Um, in terms of this regulatory cycle, if you want, I can provide you with a picture. Um, there is a study, I think, done by JP Morgan or something. Mm. The, the regulatory tightening, is, it, it, it functions in cycle as well. Yeah. So in China, because it's such a huge country, um, there is there is really, I think it's it's nearly impossible for them to be constantly trying to be at the back of the companies and trying to um, hound them and try to make sure that, oh, I, I try to improve the system day by day and stuff like that. So uh, I, I can provide, you can put it on, on I, I don't know where, but yeah, you can provide the resource in terms of that screenshot. Um, regulatory tightening is, is not a new thing in China. I think back in 2014, 2015, there is another cycle or, or there was another repeat. But the peak of that regulatory tightening was not as intense as this time around back in 2020 or 2021. So, so that, that is something that um, investors has to take into account as well. Because I, can, I, I, I would make that bold speculation that uh, this is not the first time, it's not going to be the last time as well. So maybe after the regulatory tightening, they start easing out 2022, 2023, they allow for all these companies to prosper, flourish, whatever. Yeah. Then maybe, boom, in 2025, they come back again and then they start cramping down, they start tightening again. So, so in, in that case, right, then you'll see your, your share price get reacted because a uh, uh, narrative actually, or price action actually do drive the narrative to, to a certain degree. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. So, so in that case, if, if it comes again, then you have to be comfortable with all the different volatility that you're exposed. It's really about the macro right. for this company. It's not the business. Right. Okay, cool. I think that's it for today then. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, if people want to hear more about Alibaba, they can find you on YouTube. Just search Chikeng. Hey Coconuts, so I hope you learned something useful today. I definitely did. But of course, whether or not to invest is always a personal decision. We are not here to tell you to do this, to do that, but are always happy to geek out with you about different interesting perspectives, companies and trends for the future. This series definitely has a lot more depth. So if you have any feedback, ideas or companies you would like us to cover, do drop us a line through our socials or email us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. See you next time.